Welcome to the Prairie Heights Podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It's so good to be here today. I want to say for those that you came for Christmas the first time at Prairie Heights and you came back, welcome. I'm so glad to see you and be with you. For those who call Prairie Heights your home and have been here for several months or several years, Happy New Year, friends. I'm so glad for all of us that this is a place where we get to be family. Welcome home. If it's been a minute since you've been connected to a church family, I can't wait to experience this next year with you all. I just have a deep love and a deep anticipation for what I believe God is gonna do in and through us. It is 14 days into the new year. Can you believe it? Like already? And winter is upon us. But we don't forget December, come on. We can be grateful. <laughs> don't forget December and how wonderful the weather was. Uh, hey, we started a new series called Rest Up and Doug Peters, our executive director, he shared week one, which was last week. And if, um, if you missed it, what he talked about is he talked about his story and he talked about God's truth of how the apostle Paul shared about the importance of renewing our mind. And the truth is, if our minds aren't at rest, we can't experience true rest right? And I missed it live. And so this last Monday, I was sitting at my desk and I was watching, I was watching it back. So if you ever miss a message, you can go back, watch it on our website or our app. And I was watching and it was towards the end and Doug shared this story and he said, hey, as, as I was preparing for the message, there was some moments of doubt and some moments of anxiety. And he shared, when that would have happened to him last year, he would have just memorized more of the message and, and made sure that everything was just right. And he said, but this year, when I started to feel a little bit of doubt and a little bit of anxiety, I did something different. And when he came to prepare for the message that God had given him to share with our church family on the Saturday night before, with a little bit of doubt and a little bit of anxiety, he said, I walked through the chairs and I prayed through the chairs. Prayed through online and the people that are watching from their homes. Ran, ran through it a little bit and then at the end I said, God, you got it and trusted God with it. And as he shared that story, I sat at my desk and tears began to well in my eyes. And tears began to fall down my cheek. Because Doug's a friend of mine, and I know him well, and I know what kind of shift that is for him. I know how hard it is to shift from making sure that everything is just right to breathing easy, praying, and trusting God. And he's not alone in that. I've been through that journey, and many of you are navigating that journey. And so... Um, what I am so excited about is how God is moving and stirring in our lives. 
And the very thing that wells up, the emotions that well up in me as I get to celebrate and be so proud of a friend who's growing towards Jesus is what I feel about each and every one of you. Whether I know you super, super well or I'm just now getting to know you and your story. Tears will well up in my soul as you begin to journey closer to Jesus. Because it really matters, friends. And so you might be wondering, like, why are we starting the year at Prairie Heights with a topic around Sabbath and rest? Why are we doing that? Let me give some definitions so we're all on the same page of what is Sabbath and what is rest. Sabbath is when you set aside a day, I'll say 24 hours, because it doesn't necessarily have to be a day. It can be noon Friday to noon Saturday. It could be noon Sunday to noon Monday. So 24 hours each week to experience rest with God. We learn this practice of Sabbath at the very beginning when God created, God created, and then on the seventh day, you can read about it in Genesis, in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. On the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. He rested. And so he modeled that for us from the very beginning. Now, what I want us to make sure to understand is that Sabbath is a 24-hour period where we can experience rest with God every week. And God loves work. God loves it when we work and we produce and we are on mission. And so I, I don't want us to get in a space where it's like either we're productive or we rest. It's both. <laughs> And what I want us to understand and to learn is that when we have Sabbath and when we have rest, we will get filled up from God so that the production and the work that we do comes from a God-centered place, not a me-centered place. We'll get there. Hang with me. Okay, the next definition I want us to understand is the definition of rest. What does rest mean? Godly rest means when you experience ease, peace, and refreshment for your soul. So it's like internal. It is your soul. The most simple way for me to describe if you know if you are in a restful place in your soul is if you walk into a chaotic environment are you able to still feel peace? Or do you meet that chaos and start running around and start getting chaotic with, with whatever the circumstance is? Or are you able to enter in to chaos and confusion with centeredness, with peace, with ease, with coming from a place where you're filled up and you're refreshed? That's how you know you're living a rhythm of rest. So I'm going to talk about how to do that today. Sabbath and rest go hand in hand. And why Sabbath and rest? Why a series called Rest Up? Let's think about that for a second. If you're physically ill, the people that love you are going to say to you what? If you're physically ill, they're going to say, rest up. Which means drink lots of fluids, take a nap, Make sure you take care of your physical body. Rest up, right? Well, I am wondering if today 
I'm wondering, as we begin 2024, 14 days in, I wonder if today you might be sick and tired already. You might be sick and tired of every year failing at your New Year's resolutions three months in or three weeks in. I was at the gym this last week and the gal next to me, she said, I haven't seen you in a while. You don't come here that often. And I said, yeah, it's the new year. Doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> and if you've been around Prairie Heights long enough, you know that I told you, I'm going to tell you every time I go to the gym. <laughs> it's been a while, hasn't it? Yep. Sure has. I don't know how long it's going to stick. I've decided to stop lying to myself. So I tell my friends, if I show up again, great, we're going to celebrate it. But are you sick and tired of setting these New Year's resolutions and failing at it three months in? Are you sick and tired of being confused about where you should spend your time and energy this year? Did you get to the end of last year and you thought, huh, I didn't actually accomplish the things I wanted to accomplish with the people I wanted to accomplish it with? How'd you spend your time and your energy? Were you intentional about that? Do you feel confused as you head into the new year of where is the best place to invest my time and energy? Are you wondering how you're going to stop that habit because you know it's not good for you? Are you wondering how you're going to start the new habit because you know it would be good and healthy for you? Are you sick and tired of still feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually tired even after a break? Like, are you tired of the cycle of being tired? Anybody? I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking like you show up to a room, but you're just a shell. The people around you are not getting the best of you because your soul is empty. It has been empty for a long time. You're not living the full life that God has envisioned for you and he has for you. And what if I didn't have the specific answer to the questions that you might have to any of those, but I had the answer to how you can make those decisions? Would you be interested? And I would just say, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, let's rest up. Let's rest up. What I mean by that is, let's learn how to rest in God and experience rest with God, not just every once in a while, but what I'm offering and what I'm suggesting is, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but a yearly rhythm of rest, but also a weekly, a weekly, monthly, yearly rhythm of rest so that you can live a restful life that is centered on Jesus Christ. So let's talk about how we get there. Let's talk about how we get there. Uh, but before we do, part of our family rhythms are every year, on Christmas Day for the last three years, our family has flown out to sunny Arizona to stay at my in-laws house for 10 days. It's such a blessing. We feel so grateful that we get to have that opportunity. And this year, we, Kyle and I were just really tired, very tired in a lot of ways, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we were tired. So this year, it took us a, a minute <laughs> to really get engaged and present. And I'm not sure that we fully got there, but we had some great moments, great moments even yet. We had great moments praying with our kids, playing games, uh, doing some hiking. 
The reason I made sure the picture of me and the family with breakfast was on there, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's the first time I've ever made waffles. (laughs) I mean, it was a big deal. And they were good. And they were so good. So we had to document that. We had some great family moments together where we all prayed together. We were driving in the car uh, to one of our, uh, I don't remember exactly where we were going, but it was about 40 minutes away and the car was silent. And so I grabbed a box of cards, question cards. And one of the questions that came up out of those question cards, just random questions was, what do you admire most about me? And so what we did is we went to every one of the people in our family and we just told that person, the other three of us, what we admired about them. So we started with Isabel, she's four years old. And we just poured into her and we just said, we think you are so funny. We admire how hilarious you are. Friends, she quotes movies already. We'll be driving along and she's like, I hate that stupid chicken. It's from like Despicable Me or something. And at first, if you don't know the movie, you're like, what are you talking about? And then she just laughs. And we just love it. We admire her and we admire her compassion and her love. Like she has all these babies that she puts to sleep and she takes care of them. She makes sure they're fed and she just just has a motherly heart. And we just told her, you're so compassionate and she's so expressive. We just love that about you. And then we talked to Ian and we got to Ian and we said, Ian, he's nine years old. And and we said, you're so thoughtful. He is so thoughtful and he is so emotionally attuned, meaning he understands other people's emotions. He's very observant and he understands his own and he is very sensitive. Many things will, will cause him to tear up, many emotions. And he's very sensitive. And we just said, Ian, We never want you to change that. As a young man and a young boy, we want you to continue to share and express your emotions. And we love how sensitive God has made you because it helps you love people. And we just said, Ian, you're so creative. We love how you can build stuff. And we just poured affirmations on him and told him how we admired him. And then it got to be my turn. I'm sitting in the passenger seat and there was something in me that's like, oh, how's this gonna go? Is because it's like, you know, it's a little vulnerable because your kids, it's like they can, they can lift you up to the mountain and we all know they can like, they can tear you down a little bit. And you're like, okay, that's not God's voice. That's not God's voice. It's just my kids and they're just mad at me because I said no, you know, right? You gotta like pump yourself up. So like I had no idea what was coming. And, uh, and uh, whew, get your tissues, man. It's gonna take me a second. Um, the first thing, out of my son's mouth is he said, mom, I just really admire that you are so eager to help people love Jesus. And it's like one of those moments that I can't, I'll never be able to explain in words. Like how that captured my heart and I felt so seen and I felt so known and I feel like Uh, I know it was my son, but I feel like it was God through my son saying, I see you and I know you. It was such a spiritual moment. And uh, it was so incredibly special. And it caused me to think, right, like maybe I'm doing something right as a parent, maybe. (laughs) Like I think we're getting that one right, thank God. 
And uh, the reason that I share that very personal story with you today is rest and connection and time and space without outside distraction really matters. Really matters. And you never know how God is going to meet you there. You never know how God is going to speak to you in those moments. And the truth is you never will if you don't create some rhythms where you get to experience that time and space on a regular basis. And that's what I want to talk about today. It really matters. And I want to give you some tools and some practical ways that you can find rest. Because it's pretty worth it when you get to experience it. And I'll talk about this again, but our family's been on a four-year journey of this idea of Sabbath and rest. And if you had asked me four years ago, like, what is Sabbath and what is Sabbath to you? I'd be like, what? They'd be like, are you rested? I'm like, yeah, I sleep eight hours a night. Like, that would have been my answer. I want you to know what I'm talking about today is a product of trial and error, of trusting God, of reading and gaining lots of resources and trying stuff to understand this idea of Sabbath. So how can we experience real rest? Like not the Netflix version of rest, not the take a pill so you can sleep all night rest, but the real lasting rest that feels like peace, causing your soul to feel full. A rest that can only come from God. How can you experience the best rest of your life this year? I wanna start with understanding what Sabbath is and is not from biblical truth and from scripture, from like a Jesus-centered way. And so the context of the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we have what we call the Torah. And that's the first five books of the old Christian Bible, the, the Old Testament. And in that is, is a lot of laws and a lot of like, this is what it looks like to follow God. The Ten Commandments are in there. And um, there is a list off of that teaching. There is a list that sets the foundation for Judaism. Okay, that's not Christianity, but it's the Hebrew Bible that tells about the law and the rules and the religion of following a Sabbath. And in the Old Testament, when people would go against any of the things and were caught doing any of the things I'm about to list, if they were caught doing any of these things, it could have been death for them because it was against the law to work in any way on a Sabbath. So here's some things that they could not do on a Sabbath. And this context is important as we get into the scripture for today. Carrying, they couldn't carry anything. Burning, writing, cooking, washing, untying, planting, harvesting, kneading, building. If they were caught doing any of those things, it was unlawful. And so when we get into, we're going to read about in Mark 2, 23 through 28, this is a space where the Pharisees, who are the religious leaders of the day, they would have known what I just talked about. They would have known the Old Testament way and the rules of religion and the law. And so from their context, that's what they're speaking from. So in verse 23, I'm going to connect all of this, but if you have more questions, please ask uh, after, probably not right now. 
That wouldn't be that helpful for everybody, but afterwards. <laughs> Verse 23, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. Verse 24, the Pharisees, so the religious leaders of that day, said to Jesus, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? They're saying, you're picking grain. You're not supposed to do that. That's against the law. What I want to remind us of is Jesus Christ came to make a new way. And what the Old Testament law was, was rules of religion. And Jesus came to make a new way of relationship. That out of a relationship with Jesus, we would follow. Not because it was a rule. Let me keep unpacking this. So Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and he ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. In Jesus' response to the Pharisees, he was using Old Testament examples that the Pharisees would have understood. They would have understood what that meant. And what Jesus was saying is he was sharing how godly men did something godly on the Sabbath. And since godly deeds are within the law, it doesn't make sense that godly people doing godly things on the Sabbath could be wrong. It's kind of like when you play cards and it's like Trump, you know? It's like God trumps everything. So if you're doing a godly deed, that is good, no matter when you do it. So verse 27, and here's where Jesus, I love it. It's one of the many examples where Jesus is like, I've come to make a new way. And here's the new way. Verse 27, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made, the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I'm going to repeat that. The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for us. It's for us so we could be filled with God. So that version of us, the one that's centered around God and our relationship with him would be the one that would get shared with the world. Jesus is saying, hey, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't something so that man can just follow a rule. And then I love this. Jesus says, hey, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus says, I have come. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I have come with all authority in heaven and on earth. And I'm telling you, this is a gift. I am telling you this rhythm of Sabbath, of experiencing rest with me every single week is a gift that I'm giving to your soul so you can sustain the very things that you're gonna endure in this life. So how can you have the best rest of your life? How can you have the best rest of your life? Number one, practice Sabbath as a gift. Practice Sabbath as a gift. And I might go a little bit backwards and say, hey, choose to practice Sabbath. 
Like I said many years ago, I was not practicing Sabbath regularly. If you were to ask me today, are you practicing 24 hours where you are not checking your email, where you're not working on a work project, where you're not doing laundry or doing the dishes? We do the dishes. I mean, you kind of got to do that. Uh, where you're not like producing and busy and hurried and running, going to all the activities. Do you practice 24 hours of that currently? If you were to ask me that, I would say 80% of the time, yes. Yes, I do. 80% of the time. Does that mean that everything's all good and, and dandy all the time? No. But yes, do I have, I've begun to practice this. So uh, I'm going to do this and it's safe and I'm not judging. Nobody's judging. No guilt, no shame. How many of you are currently practicing 24 hours every week on an 80% consistent basis of Sabbath, of rest? There's a few hands, maybe 5%. And here's what I want you to know. One, those that have your hands up, way to go! Keep it going. I know how hard it is. You can do it. Keep doing it. And those that don't, I want you to know, you're not alone. You're not alone. And I was there four years ago. And all you got to do is you just got to decide that you're going to start. And you're going to try it. Ask some of the people that had their hands up and say, how, do you st- how did you start? How did you get going? Practice Sabbath as a gift. The one thing that you have to shift is Sabbath is not a lazy day. It's not permission to be lazy. And it's not a lazy day. Sabbath is not a day to feel numb off a burned out week. It's not a day you have to do because scripture teaches it. It's not a rule to follow. It's a relationship to invest in. Your relationship with God. It's a relationship to invest in. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy and I've come that they may have life and have it to the full, experiencing a full life the way Jesus intended. Friends, weekly Sabbath is a must. Weekly Sabbath is a must, but I get it. We get so tripped up on Satan's lies, don't we? Here's what Satan's lies tell us. The the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. So here's where he wants to keep you. He wants to tell you a whole day off, Uh, how am I going to get all my stuff done? Housework, activities, work around the house, work uh, work out of the house, car repairs. How am I going to get it all done? Here's what Satan's also going to tell you. It's selfish. It's selfish. If you live with other people, Satan's going to say it's selfish for you to take a day for yourself to refill, renew, and refuel. Well, I will tell you, if you tell me, I can't believe your family takes 10 days off after Christmas and doesn't come back until like uh, February, do math, January 6th. I can't believe you guys do that. I would say, you, friend, actually want me to do that. Do you want me to be a healthy pastor? I think so. Do you want me to, to give out of a full bucket? I think so. And it doesn't just mean 10 days fixes that. Don't, please do not hear that. It's about rhythms. But Satan wants to tell me and tell you it's selfish. It's selfish. Satan wants to tell you if I'm not busy or doing something productive, then I'm not valuable. I'm not worth anything. I have to stay busy because if I slow down, I actually feel. 
God wants to meet you in those feelings. He wants to meet you in that anxiety. He wants to meet you in how you think about yourself and how you feel about yourself. And that the way you think about yourself isn't about what you produce. And God wants to meet you in that every single week. But here's what I know also happens is that maybe when you begin to practice the Sabbath, you get stuck in like, what now? Like, how do I do this? Okay, I've carved it out. I've decided my Sabbath is Wednesday. I've decided my Sabbath is Friday. Friday noon to Saturday noon, whatever it is. My Sabbath is Sunday. Whatever the 24 hours, you've decided, and maybe you have to start with 12 hours. That's fine. Start where you need to. But then you're like, well, what do I do? What am I going to do? You kind of just sit there for a little bit. Or you try something and it doesn't work. I want to give you a lot of permission here. Here's, here's what, I, what the purpose of Sabbath is, is, is to shut off the world around you and to connect with your heavenly father. Psalm 139, two through four says this. You, here's, here's what God knows about you. He knows when I sit and when I rise. It says, you perceive my thoughts from afar. God knows all your thoughts. You discern my going out and my lying down. He knows every move you're gonna make. You are familiar with all my ways. He knows you better than anybody else in this world. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. That's how much God knows you and loves you, and he wants to spend time with you and just you. He wants that so he can fill you with rest, so he can fill your soul with truth about who you are. He wants to give you a gift to stop, to pause for 24 hours a week to be reminded how deeply known you are by your heavenly father and friends to delight in his presence is a gift you can give yourself. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know how that feels. The month of December for me felt like a thousand pounds of extra hurt and pain and worry and anxiety and defeat. It was like, I would wake up each day and it was like I was stepping out into a humid day where you just can't even breathe. You know, you like can't even catch your breath. That burden felt so heavy. And I'm reminded in scripture, God says, my burden is light. And when I step away and when you step away, God gives us perspective and he says, I can hold it, give it to me. I can carry it. I can take it. I can hold it. But I know how hard it is, friends, to practice experiencing rest on a day of Sabbath when you've never done it before. So here's the second thing. How can you experience the best rest of your life? Number one, practice Sabbath as a gift and just start carving out a time to do it. And number two, permission to experiment with rest. God uniquely made you. You're not like anybody else. So he also uniquely made you to connect with him. Are there some standard ways, some disciplines? Yes, reading God's word is so important. Praying 
And listening for God's spirit to speak to you is so important. Listening to worship music is so important. Praying and engaging in godly friendships is so important. Those things, all those things should be part of your Sabbath rest. And God made you different than anyone else and he wants you to to delight in him. There's excitement and fun And I say it like that because that's just who I am. Like God made me to like have fun. Like I love to have fun. And when I haven't had fun in a while, I know something's off. And God like has to convict me. Like, come on, center in. But I'm not like my husband. So I'm gonna, I'm not saying he's not fun. I mean, not as fun as I am. He's really great in different ways. So let me talk to you about the rest that it looks like through our family perspective. This is meant to be helpful. Rest is not, as we said, sitting on the couch, just vegging out. Um, Let me give you a picture through our family. Rest for me is connecting deeply in conversation and prayer with a group of people. I love being deeply connected to people. I leave those experiences and my soul feels so full. I love it. This is going to sound weird to some of you. Riding a roller coaster fills my soul and it feels like rest because God made me to express my emotions. And when I'm going down and I'm like, woo, and I'm able to express my emotions, I feel so close to Jesus. It fills my soul. Laughter fills my soul. You know those times where you're just like laying on the couch or the floor with people and something comes on and you just can't stop laughing and tears are going? I feel Jesus in those moments. Like I love laughter, getting a massage, cooking when I have time and when I get better at it, I'm working on it. Meeting with friends. I love listening to the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. It's one of the ways God made me is like his Holy Spirit speaks to me when I give him space and time. Now, Kyle, he's an introvert. I know you don't know him that way because he gives you lots of high fives at the front door. He does that out of service for God and service for people because he loves you. He's naturally an introvert. He's quiet. Rest for Kyle is sitting in his chair in silence for hours and hours and hours, and he loves it. Reading and studying God's word, he has the deepest faith, my husband Kyle, and he loves engaging with God's word and understanding who God is. It fills his soul. Riding his motorcycle with a helmet. PSA announcement. Camping in the wilderness taking 24 to 48 hours for a silence retreat. He would take a month if he could. (laughs) He loves being silent. Connecting one-on-one with me or with the kids or with a friend. He loves connecting one-on-one, being a relational person. It would be unhealthy for me to believe that the way Kyle rests is the way that I need to rest. We are very different. Rest for our family when we have two young kids and it changes every year, but let me name a couple things. We love playing games together. We love wrestling and chasing and laughing. Family prayer time has become our favorite. At night, we all read books together and then everybody prays. Isabel, our four-year-old, is in charge. She tells us who prays first, second, third, and fourth, and then she's the most long-winded. 
Can you believe it? Not even me. She beats me. She's so long-winded. And we're like, okay, okay, amen. We're trying to like say amen, like we're done. But she just keeps going. She loves the Lord. I love it. Simply being together in the same room fills us with rest. Just being in each other's presence just fills our family with rest. Our staff repeatedly talks about this topic. And this past week in our devos, we made a huge list because I wanted to, again, permission, experiment. What are things that give our staff rest? There's so many things, cooking and baking and running and board games and reading and watching live music and building something, mowing the yard. So good. And so I want to give you permission to experiment. And then what Kyle and I have done as a family, and this is the first time we wrote it down on paper, so you're welcome if it's helpful for you. We have a resource for you and our family rhythm, we have a yearly rhythm. There are things we do every week intentionally. There are things that we do every month and there are things that we do on a yearly basis. You're going to see different color codes, things that Kyle needs, things that I need that are different, things that Kyle and I need together or things that we need as a family. And the rest rhythms are put in place so that we get the rest first in order to do the things that God has called us to do so that we can be present and experience it when it happens. If you scan the QR code that is in front of you, you can receive a copy of this yearly rhythm that you can fill out and begin to answer for yourself. If you're a hard copy person, we've got them at Next Steps today. Every week, friends, your soul can be refilled and refilled with new energy, emotionally, intellectually, physically, spiritually. John 14, 27 says this. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Jesus is saying, hey, the kind of peace that I have to offer you, you cannot get in this world. It only comes from me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Every week, you can experience God's peace. Every week, you can have a chance to be filled up and rest with him so you can go out in the world and fulfill the promises and the purposes and the vision that God has for you. A lot of trial and error for our family. But here's what the family plan has done for us, like the yearly rhythms. It's given us intentionality on how we want to spend our time and some non-negotiables. And there's some blank space for some spontaneity, which is great. But it helps us know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And the truth is, there's a lot of people who want to choose where our time and energy goes. That's just real. There's a lot of people that want to choose where your time and your energy goes for you. We've just decided, and we don't always get this right, and, and we pay the price when we don't. Share that example a different day a recent one, um, but we've just decided we really care about being connected to God. We really care about being connected in our marriage and we really care about being connected with our kids. And if we don't have time for anything else other than the regular responsibilities and, and purposes that God has called us to, then it's no, 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 no. Travel team, no. Uh, whatever, I don't know what the other ones are. No, no. <laughs> That's priority. 
How can you experience the best rest of your life? Practice Sabbath as a gift, permission to experiment with rest. I don't know if I've given you enough today to be like, I'm gonna go do that. I hope I have. Um, But here's the last thing I'm gonna leave you with. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this might impact you. I read this quote from a pastor, James Peterson, and it said this. Why would a non-Christian, why would somebody who doesn't love Jesus be drawn to Jesus if they see the very people who love Jesus as non-rested, anxious, and hurried? So what would it be like, friends, for other people to experience the godly, rested you, the peaceful you, the filled up you, the version God made from the very beginning, what would it look like if you got to feel that and other people got to experience it? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for these people today. I pray that you meet them in a very real way. I pray, God, that your voice helps direct their paths and their next steps. God, would you help us to to wipe away every reason why we shouldn't? Would you um, help us to discern Satan's lies with your truth? Would you help us to know how important it is that we find rest in you and in you alone? May we be filled with your Holy Spirit every day, not just on our Sabbath day, but every day that we may be led and guided by you. We love you, Jesus. I pray for careful care over every single one of these people here in the room and watching online. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.